one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on this podcast, and I swear this always happens, I, I never really plan why the guest is there. Okay, you've said that on every episode, but there's always a reason. Okay, but... So, so I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you know me very well. And you, should, and you know you know I'm not yeah. to be trusted as a person. Um, okay, <laughs> then let me rephrase. I initially wanted to have you on the show, not only because we are good friends and we talk movies and all of mm-hmm. the above, but... The Katie Dively connection was, oh, this movie co-stars Kiernan Shipka. Katie Dively is the biggest Mad Men stan I know. She'll do one in two. Like, that was my my line mm-hmm. of thinking. But then as I thought about it, you've had a front row seat to, like, my Timothy Stanmanship growth. Like, you've been there from the beginning. Yeah. We were there together at Call Me By Your Name. Yep. We were there together at Beautiful Boy. Yep. And Lady Bird. And Lady Bird. And last summer, we watched Hot Summer Nights together. Yeah. And now this movie. Yeah. So I think... Now that we have watched this movie, I have seen eight of his movies. Yep. And so of the eight, I've watched five with you mm-hmm. for the first time. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show. Yeah, and that's you. why... I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happi you're here on Chasing Chalamet, a bi-weekly podcast where I, Dane McDonald... I usually throw in like a little jokey thing here, but I guess I could give like a, a, a fun real bio because I usually say things about like... I thirst after Timothy and mm-hmm. like I'm like gagged by pop culture constantly. But I guess I could say I'm a young professional living in Chicago. I'm a copywriter by trade, a writer in my spare time, a lover of film and pop culture and all those things. So that's my that's my non-jokey introduction just for just for my good friend Katie over here. But yeah, uh, and I am the host of this podcast where myself and a special guest deep dive into the filmography of the Oscar-nominated actor Timothy Hal Chalamet. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Andrew Droz Palermo's 2015 film One and Two. We're going to be covering our thoughts, feelings, critiques, praise, maybe lack of praise, uh, whatever we want to say about this film that uh, <laughs> we we just watched. And that's a that's a first for the show, really. Yep. Uh, usually what I do is have my guests come in uh, having watched it separately, even if I, it was a movie like I saw with them initially. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of have had time to sit with it. But we thought, why not change it up? So yep. my special guest today, Katie, came over and with our producer, Will, and we all watched one and two for the first time. And I want to say thank you for not making me pay for it <laughs> on my own. I'm going to say you're welcome. And I'm also <laughs> going to thank myself for doing a seven day free trial of the IFC channel. So, so I didn't have, have to pay, pay for it, it either. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you want to watch this movie and not pay money for it, which I highly recommend not paying Don't money pay for, for it. it. Don't pay for it. Well, I think it's only available through IFC. Yeah. I'm shocked it didn't just play right on the IFC network right away. It yeah. Was, it was released on Oh, Jesus. Well... Which sounds like it would be like the Skinamax version of IFC. Skinamax implies excitement, and this movie had no excitement. This movie could have used some like Skinamax <laughs> yes. vibes, honestly. This movie needed to fuck so much harder than it did. <laughs> it did not fuck at all. No. It, oh. <laughs> well, you've heard her talk. You've heard our banter. So I will just go ahead and formally introduce today's guest. She is a comic, a stand-up, a writer, a fellow young professional here in the city of Chicago. It's Katie Dively. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome, Katie. Uh, we've alluded a bit to our our, our history as friends. Um, we see a lot of films together. One of my 
I was going to say earliest memories. It's not because we met each other before this. So, so fun fact, Katie and I actually worked together for about a year, about a year, about a year and some change over that. The course of that time, we grew very close. And by the time you left, we were pretty, we were fairly close friends. And then we've just obviously continued our friendship. Katie and I kind of both belong to this like subculture of people who go to like film screenings, which (laughs) is very, it's, it's such a weird, I wonder if it's like that everywhere. Just like Chicago is a weird outlier of, I don't know. I wonder if like New York and LA have really the same vibe that we do because I feel yeah. like they must have more of those sure. screener options than we do in Chicago. Yeah. But there is definitely it's a subculture. It's That's... a weird subculture and I feel like we're the most normal people there. Like like it's it's very odd. It's I think it's like all they do is yeah, they just, just sign up for passes for yeah. every movie. Right. Like I think it's their actual careers. Mm-hmm. Um so we went to one of those screenings together because you one day after work said hey i've got passes for macbeth and you're like you want to go and i was like hell yeah i do so that was like our first time like seeing a movie Mm -hmm. together and i think that was the because i think we'd kind of like both hinted at like the Mm -hmm. fact that we're really into film and that was the secret handshake that brought us together yep so that's a little bit of background on us on today's podcast as we always do we're going to be talking about uh, the film, we're going to be talking about Timmy's performance, his role in the film, what function does he serve to the story, is he cast well, etc. Uh, and then the exciting part, on a scale from one to five peaches, we are going to together grade the film in different categories. The quality of the film, Timmy's performance, his general attractiveness throughout the film, uh, and most importantly, his hair. So, Katie, take it away. One and two. One and two. <laughs> So we were discussing after we finished watching it that when we watch a movie we don't particularly enjoy, at the very least we can say, that certainly was a movie. And I'm not even sure we can say that about this film. No, no, you're so right. Like that is a, that's a phrase we throw around and yeah, it ended and I, I just didn't feel like we saw much of anything. Like I, I was remarking that it felt like an overwrought like film school graduation mm-hmm. project. It felt like someone like pitched a short and then I guess IFC had like a big giant boner for whatever they pitched mm-hmm. and they're like, fuck it, we're gonna give you two million or whatever. Yeah. Um and he was like, oh shit, I gotta I gotta make this into a feature length movie now. Yeah, it was yep. it was just a, a a quiet wisp. It was mm-hmm. every time they they I wanted I wanted to use one and two as a verb. I wanted to say every time they one and two, which was me saying every time they like <laughs> apparated essentially like yeah. i don't know another word to call it even though when you apparate teleport teleport um jump space like yeah i don't know like how do you just because in the film so in the film i guess i should throw some plot things out there yep. even though it's it's really not it was whole, light it was on vi- plot. light on plot light on much of everything heavy on nature i don't know maybe basically this is a film about a family who lives on a farm mm-hmm. and there's a wall and everyone just seems quietly oppressed. Mm-hmm. And uh, Timothy Chalamet and Kiernan Shipka play siblings, Ava and Zach, who have this magical ability to teleport. But they can't just, like, teleport anywhere in the world. Um, and, and the reason I said apparate is because I feel like in Harry Potter when they apparated, there was this, like, poof, like, this mm-hmm. kind of, like, yeah. disturbance. when so- And so that's what happened. But they could only teleport like to a place they could see yep so it's not like when you operate you can kind of go 
I think anywhere that you, I forget the rules of apparition because it's been a minute with, with me and Harry Potter. But yeah, they kind of just teleport to places they can see, but then their father, he doesn't like that. And so he like abuses them. Yeah. So there's this element of he, the mom is sick and the dad thinks it's because the kids have this like gift. Mm -hmm. I'm using air quotes. (laughs) You can use air quotes about this whole movie. Yeah. One (laughs) and movie. Air quotes movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But there's also like, they're very religious, but it's not really explained like how that religion plays into this, like this power that they have. They're never, they're never really explicitly, he doesn't like explicitly say that he thinks that this power is evil. Right. Which like you would think that a very religious person would like see yeah. this as like witchcraft, evil. You're this so is the right. devil's doing. But that none of that it's happens. Never, yeah. This, there were all of these pieces that were just never taken quite as far as I was hoping. Like yeah. there was no like line that tied it all together or like any piece of it that was part of a bigger picture. Yeah. None of, nothing in this movie had like a payoff. Like yeah. it was all just... Yeah, like, these kids have this ability, and the dad Mm -hmm. doesn't like it, and the mom doesn't want to make waves, but also wants to, like, take care of her kids, but then she dies. He doesn't just straight up, like, kill Ava. He just, like, throws a bag on her head and- I think he thinks he killed her. You think? Okay. Like, again, like, there's just so many questions. Like, I'm actually not someone who watches a movie and gets over- like, thinks too much about, like, the things that don't make sense, like, the plot holes. Like, I'm not someone who actually, like, digs deep into that unless Mm -hmm. it's, like- really apparent in this movie it was just like like all like how many times so there's a scene in the movie where the father nails ava and zach to the walls of their room which sounds like a very dark interesting thing but actually isn't an execution right um because you then you just realize like their clothes are nailed to the wall Mm -hmm. and you're like it can't be so hard to just rip your shirt right. down. And it, it didn't, the dress that she was wearing didn't look like the fabric was that substantial. It, yeah. looks, it looks like she could have easily like ripped her shoulders down. Yeah. And he was like, Timmy was wearing like a button up. Right. I feel like even with your shoulders, like nailed, like the shoulders of your shirt nailed to a wall, like you could probably like, just kind of yeah. weasel your way out of it. Right. Like I've, <laughs> I've watched friends of mine like take on or put on bras in public under their shirts. I can't yeah. imagine it was hard for I could him. do that right now. Right, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I just, yeah, it just, nothing, everything in this movie, like, I just kept waiting for there to be explanations of, like, okay, this weird ability that they have is the reason the mom is sick, because while mm-hmm. she was pregnant with them, some, like, shit went down, or, like, yeah. I was waiting for, like, the father to, like, I mean, he was abusive, but I was waiting for there to be, like, a real, like, scene mm-hmm. of, like, him, like, attacking them or there's like when he goes to nail Ava to the wall you obviously get like very worried about her him like sexually assaulting her and it doesn't happen thank god but like but like you just kind of wish they had gone there somewhere yeah they they needed to pick like a like an extreme direction and go there yeah there were a lot of questions that were answered there were a lot of more interesting things that could have happened Mm -hmm. that didn't i'm just yeah, like it's, it's, yeah, like it's 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 a movie that like I just kept wishing like there's no reason that the magical shit needs mm-hmm. to be here. Like this could literally just be a movie about a family yeah. on a farm, and the father is psychologically and physically abusive. Yep, and all of the motivations would have made more right. sense to me. Like them wanting to escape, the mother yep. being scared. Like I just even though I suppose like in theory when you're like 
writing this movie, the idea of throwing in some sort of like supernatural element mm-hmm. seems interesting. It raised more questions than it answered mm-hmm. because it's never explained why they have this this yeah. power. I was hoping maybe they like when Ava escapes this farm that maybe she would like find other people who like also mm-hmm. have this. Like when she goes to what was I think essentially like a teen homeless shelter, yeah. maybe there would be some like understanding there and or there'd be this part of this like larger story of like kids who like escape from abusive mm-hmm. situations. Like why wasn't it more like in Stranger Things season two, yeah. when she like goes and meets up with like the ragtag group of like, right. and they're all like weird or whatever. Yeah. Like why wasn't there? Yeah. Like it, it makes me feel like they didn't have the budget to like go full supernatural. So it had to be this very like, mm-hmm. yep, they can just kind of apparate from here to there and it's yep. really quick. And like, we can do all this on a, on a, you know, shoestring budget the whole time, just because they were, like, on the farm, I was like, man, if they had just gone, like, full The Witch on this stuff, like, mm-hmm. this would have been a more interesting movie. It was um, all, Yeah, it was also never clear, like, okay, like, it looked like it was, like, there was, like, late, late, late 1800s, like, early 1900s on this farm where they live, but then early on, like, Timmy and Kiernan are very clearly, like, uh, talking about planes, mm-hmm. and, like, they know what planes are, then it's also treated like it's some reveal that they're living in modern times yeah. when she escapes the farm, yeah. yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like, no. But yeah, like, it, there was nothing. Like, when, you're, when she escaped and she was in the back of that car, I kept waiting for there to be, like, the shock. Right, like, her to be like, what's this? What's ha- yeah, but, like, she, <laughs> nothing was surprising to her. Yeah. So, like, clearly they were in that world. Which mm-hmm. then doesn't make sense because then the father's monologuing at the dinner table before Timmy kills him about how, like, he grew up and he would walk the wall. So, mm-hmm. Did he leave? Get married and then come back? Yeah. And... There's no... Ex- like, there's no yeah. through line through this movie. Like, it's just... Mm-hmm. I frankly feel like there wasn't a script. You know, you hear about those yeah. movies where, like, this is what's happening in the scene. Mm-hmm. You have no dialogue, but, like, yeah. you have to, like, act your way through this, and this is, like, the end point. Yeah. Like, I felt like that happened with a bunch of people who weren't up to the task yep. of making that movie. Yeah, this was no best in show. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah. there's not like... It, fe- it felt like, so someone came into a room and they had the pitch that uh, it's uh, this family, they're on this farm, it's like old timey, mm-hmm. and they have this power, and the dad doesn't like that. And uh, then everyone's like, great, that sounds fascinating, go. And then yeah. they were like, fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. In the middle of watching it, you talked about how um, you were you were wondering why there wasn't more like flowers in the attic Mm -hmm. shit going down, which in the beginning, before we like got really into it, I kind of wondered if it was going to go in that direction. So at the very beginning, when you first, the very first time, the first characters you see, it's uh, Zach and Ava and they're like swimming and they're like sitting and like looking at the sunrise together. Mm -hmm. And it feels more like they're like teen sweethearts than Mm -hmm. siblings at that moment. But like not really, like not fully because they don't, it's not that like flirtatious or anything. But like right off the bat, it sets this tone. Like when you have two like teens they're coming of age and they're like trapped in this place together like it does like it feels like it should at least kind of like go into this like Mm -hmm. flowers in the attic territory i think it didn't really make sense why it was like a brother and sister Mm -hmm. i think it would have would have been better served as like two sisters or two brothers for that reason i also felt like their dynamic was very strange because i'm pretty sure 
he's supposed to be older. Yes. And so this like older brother, younger sister dynamic should be very different. Like mm-hmm. he should be more protective of her and yeah. he is not at all like, right. throughout the movie. You're so and right. So they don't have though that typical sibling no. dynamic that you would expect. Yeah. He does not yeah. act like an older child and she no. does not act like it's, it's flipped really. Yeah. Which is. And he definitely is older because yeah. the dad talks about how he was born first and then she yeah. came later. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, you're right. Cause at first I'm kind of like, are they twins? Cause you kind of mm-hmm. would think, okay, if they both have this ability, like yeah. That's a very, like, twins storyline you would think in a a traditional film. But yeah, no, he's very clearly established as older, but Mm -hmm. she is more, like, adventurous and wants to, like, get out. Again, like, they couldn't pick. By the confines of the story, they are brother and sister. But yeah, like, sometimes it feels like they might go into, like, lover's territory. Sometimes they just feel like they're friends. Like, there's Mm -hmm. no, there's no consistency to their relationship. And I don't personally think it's, like, a fault of performance. Oh, absolutely not. I actually do think that with what they were given, yeah. everybody did pretty well. Yeah, no, I think everyone showed up to this movie. Yeah. I just think they showed up to a movie that just didn't have anything going on. Right. This, this was definitely a failing in writing because yeah. I think it was beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. I think it was perfectly well acted. Yeah. It just wasn't a great story. <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah, I guess I, I'd have to fault the director and the writer, mm-hmm. which, like I said, Andrew Droz Palermo, and he co-wrote it with Nemia... Shadati. Yeah, like it just, I, and we were looking up his IMDb before we started the movie, and he is currently David Lowry's kind of cinematographer of choice. Like he shot, Mm -hmm. um, he was DP on A Ghost Story, and he's going to be DP on his new movie, Green Knight. Did you see Ghost Story? No, I didn't, because I am pretty anti Casey Affleck. Yeah. So (laughs) The, the nice thing about A Ghost Story is he does spend most of the movie under a sheet. That is something. Uh, that is something. That is something. I do, I really do like A Ghost Story, despite the Casey Affleck of it all, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. It is gorgeously shot, and it looks mm-hmm. great. And this movie, I don't think it's like a Roger Deakins level, like, oh my god, you come out of a movie and you're like, holy mm-hmm. shit, that looked like a movie. It looked good. Like, it looked, it very much looked like a movie made by someone who is good at cinematography. Yes, I totally agree. Like we were saying, like, it looked all like great B-roll, mm-hmm. and it just, there were rolling grassy plains and water and, you know, and actually I will say, the lighting was kind of odd. I know we were watching mm. it like during the day. Yeah, but the sunlight kind of coming in during the dark. Right, made it- but yeah, like I, I was thinking at one point, Timmy and Kiernan are like sitting in a little field, and he's giving a monologue about like catching fireflies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, this is like the first moment where I can like judge his performance. Yeah, and I couldn't even see his face. Yeah, like it was, it was, he was in shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand they're like on a farm and like, but but yeah, like we like we were making jokes like. It seemed like the house had no walls because they were just cicadas. Yeah, I feel like I had a really hard time hearing him when he was talking, mm-hmm. but I did not have any trouble hearing nature. Yep, nope, <laughs> you heard all of nature. Yeah, this, that's the weird times. Yeah, it's actually odd. I remarked when the movie ended that Timothy got billed first, which I found interesting, but it is odd that nature wasn't billed first mm-hmm. at, in the credit. It should have just been Mother Crickets. Nature and then like a quick spiel uh-huh. of the rest of the people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mother Nature, crickets, Yep. rushing water. Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm. It's not 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 a great movie. No, not a. I feel bad, like just like dragging it to hell. <laughs> yeah, it, it it feels odd to like. You're right. Like I don't enjoy like not liking right. movies. Like I think that's actually something that's interesting to talk about in the context of like hashtag film Twitter. Like yeah. there does seem to be this kind of glee in disliking something. Oh, for and sure. I don't want to say I've never participated in that. I definitely have participated yeah. in that. But it is interesting when you kind of sit down in this context to discuss a film 
on a podcast, like, all of a sudden you feel, like, a little bad yeah. for, like, disliking something. And that's when you kind of have to force yourself to be more critical from, like, an artistic standpoint, which yep. I think is good. Because it's very easy to, like, see a movie and jump on Twitter and be like, well, that was hot-ass garbage. <laughs> Moving on. Like, here you have to, like, actually sit with what you didn't yeah. enjoy, um, which I think is is interesting. And yeah. I, I, it, I feel like it makes me a better film viewer because like I think it's really easy to dismiss something like like one and two is not going to be a movie that I sit with for a long time but that being said I feel like when I dislike something if I like I I would say this is you know and we'll get to grading later but like I I feel like this is very just very middle of the road like I didn't yeah I didn't think it was like aggressively terrible at least it looks fine the actors showed up like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like a complete dumpster fire so I feel like those are the movies that tend to get forgotten. Like, it's like, if it's something really, really good, or, like, I can spend 20 minutes telling you why the Aladdin live-action movie was horrible, because it was so bad. If it had just been mediocre, I couldn't, like, tell you about it. So, I feel like with these kind of -of middle-of-the-road mediocre movies, unless you actually sit down in this context and have a long discussion about them, Mm -hmm. you're not going to think about them later. So, like, a year from now, if somebody was to say, like, oh, one and two, like, what like why did you dislike that movie mm-hmm. i would i wouldn't be able to give like specifics because i just i watched it and then i turned it off and then i moved on with my life yeah i feel that it's good to sit with it and think mm-hmm. about why you didn't like something i do think that with some creative editing it could make a really interesting short film yes 100 percent. yeah it, it had that like short because mm-hmm. then it would have you have yeah like we were talking about like there's all these scenes of them like praying and there's all yeah. these scenes of like there's like a shot where like Timothy's riding a horse or he's like pulling his horse along. And it's like, those are only interesting for so long. Like you get to like table set with those and then you Mm -hmm. have to get into like a plot, but they never got into a plot. Yeah. It was just mother's sick. Yep. Things are happening. Dad is mad. Yeah. I think my ideal short of this would be like some like vignettes that basically go like, okay, you have this family there on this farm. Oh, look, the kids have this power. Oh no. The mom died. Mm-hmm. The dad thinks it's their fault. Yeah. She runs away. He kills the dad. Yeah, totally. I think short films, they have the luxury of not necessarily needing the why. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I feel like with a narrative, you're kind of expected to like mm-hmm. fill in those. Because you're given yeah. 90 minutes. I mean, this. Right. If we were joking before we started, like, oh, like a... a, a a tight trunk, 90. A, ti- a tight 90. In, this was not a tight 90. Like, it didn't drag... But it was like, it could have been a tight 12. I would give it 20 tops. Yeah, like that was it. You could have cut most of this movie. Do you have anything else to say about the movie before we jump into the the reason we watched it? (laughs) Close to the beginning, uh, Elizabeth Reeser is like kneading some bread dough. (laughs) And then she just stops (laughs) and like kind of like... like looks down and like she's like ugh and I wrote down existential crisis while kneading bread dough same (laughs) (laughs) that is very you I think that was like the funniest thing I wrote down also Mm. I really liked that we haven't talked about Elizabeth Reeser at all that's Um, true I liked that her character's name was also Elizabeth. And mm-hmm. so it was fun in that moment to imagine that this is just Elizabeth Reese's yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> the first time they said her name, I had that thing of, oh no, did they say her real name? Because I think there's like a, I think one of the famous like movie flubs is it's in Tom. Yeah. Tom in Days of Thunder. I'm really glad yeah. I'm on the same page about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, yep. in Days of Thunder, there's a character who looks at Tom Cruise and his name is not Tom Cruise in that movie and just goes, hi Tom. And like, 
I just thought that happened. And then later they kept calling her Elizabeth, so it was fine. No, Elizabeth Reeser is, is good. We did kind of make mention that when she was having seizures, it felt kind of, like, underplayed. Like, yeah. in, like, she has enough scenes where she's delivering, like, really meaty line deliveries toward the mm-hmm. father character, which... I'm looking up if he And, like, had the anything. moments that she has with her kids, like, actually, like, feel very sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, with the chicken. <laughs> that chicken scene was wild. That was... Whoa. There's a scene in the movie where they're, Elizabeth Reeser's character, Elizabeth, is chasing a chicken with Ava, and they catch the chicken, and then Elizabeth Reeser does a dance with the she chicken. She just holds it in her hands and makes a big circle with the chicken. Moving it around. I'm doing it right You're now. You're doing it, yes. And then she sets it down. And then she sets it down, and it's asleep. Well, okay, and again, this is this speaks to like me wanting the movie to go to like a dark, interesting place. Mm-hmm. When she picked up the chicken, I was like, oh, fuck. She's Did going, she killed it. She's going to, I know. Yeah. It's like, she's a witch. Yep. And I thought that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was ready for like the darkness. And like, yep. it, it just never went there. Yeah. Um, It's funny. I clicked over to Wikipedia to look up to see if the father had a name because I never heard it. Uh, it's Daniel cool yeah um, i don't remember hearing that at all nope i'm also just laughing because in and i understand that like the wikipedia plot summaries are written by probably somebody in like serbia but this is the <laughs> this is the last sentence of the wikipedia plot summary as they mourn their parents they burn their farm down were they mourning their parents i got the feeling that they were kind of i mean obviously they probably missed they their, mourn mom, their mom but they are not mad the dad no. is dead He's literally is described as Daniel, the abusive and destructive father. Any other uh, fun quips or? Um, I have a question here. I happen to notice that the dad had something of a beer belly. Yeah. Which didn't make a lot of sense to me, given their lifestyle Mm. and the fact that Timmy was so lanky. So lanky. The lankiest I've ever seen him. And that's saying something. It's saying something. Well, a beautiful boy. He gets pretty gaunt. Sure. But yeah, like, I don't think they're, he's definitely not drinking beer. No. And when they ate, it was like Not porridge. Yeah, it was like porridge it was like and slop. peas. Yeah. There was a scene with a lot of peas. Right. Yeah. This would have been a great... Like, if this movie... You know who I'm thinking? What if that had been like Adrian Brody? Oh. Adrian Brody could totally play Tim And I think he would have really like delivered like the, the creepy like mm-hmm. uh, abuse in like a really interesting way. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, Grant Bowler, I just kept thinking like he looks like... A more handsome Stellan Skarsgård, but like that's not necessarily a good thing. Like Stellan Skarsgård is like he's actorly looking, mm-hmm. you know. It just felt such like a character. Like he was walking yeah. around in a wife beater, yep. and he was shitty, and then just tied up, like we said, by the fact that we just did not understand why he didn't like yeah. it. Like there was just again, like if we had just had a reason, like if he was afraid of the outside mm-hmm. world and that was established, and because they wanted to like go out there and that was why he abu- like I don't know there mm-hmm. just there needed to be some explanation and there, there really it seems there seemed to be like multiple reasons like he seemed to have like a fear of the outside world and like the the world out there is like why like things are falling apart here mm-hmm. but then it was also like he had been raised there and so it wasn't actually his choice yeah if they had picked a lane to focus on mm-hmm. and let those other things kind of color him yeah. as a character. Yeah. That would have been interesting. But instead, it like I felt like in each scene, there was like a new reason. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, and now it's because of this. And now yeah. it's because of that. And then, yeah. Anyway. Well, that's the movie. That's or, the movie. M- movie in air quotes. Air. <laughs> um, so on to, to Timmy. To good old Timothee Chalamet. So this was 2015. Yes. Um, this is his 
fourth credit. Okay. So before this, he had just done Men, Women, and Children, Interstellar, and then a movie called Worst Friends, which this is a weird enough movie to find. I don't even know what Worst Friends is. That's going to be a fun episode. Um, <laughs> so yeah, one and two is his fourth credit. He really hadn't done a whole lot before. So as far as his casting in the movie, this like it seems like a movie that you would do to, to know he broke big like two years later. Yeah. This movie makes a lot of sense. Yes. Had I seen this movie at the time, I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have clocked him. Right. As a person. I think it also makes a lot of sense for like Kieran and Shipka's career trajectory as well. Like Mm -hmm. wanting to maybe do something that is like kind of edgy, but Mm -hmm. it's not really being edgy. Yeah. But like breaking into like movies in some way Mm -hmm. before like moving on to bigger things. Yeah. In the description on Mm -hmm. Amazon, it says like featuring Mad Mad Men's Men's Kieran and Shipka. Shipka. Yeah. So like clearly this was a movie kind of posited around the idea that she was trying to kind of break into Mm -hmm. a film where she was going to have something meaty to do. Um, So it makes sense that he'd kind of be in that same because they're kind of, they're around the same age. They're both like up and coming actors. So Mm -hmm. at this point. She's four years younger than him. Oh, okay. Oh, so she's pretty young. Yeah. Okay. So he's, so he's 23. She's 19. Yes. She was born in 99. To me, they seem like the same age. I know he's like taller than her. They definitely feel like they're the same age in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, I think that comes down to like, it's partially like the writing yeah, and like how like they just don't have that dynamic that mm-hmm. you would expect from. Yeah, I wonder how much of it too I'm bringing into it that Sally Draper is such a mature character yeah. that I always thought of her as older than she was. Like I'm literally mm-hmm. thinking of the scene where she's like smoking the cigarette in the car with her mom, right. and I'm just like, Kieran and Shipka seems older yeah, to but me. But that is much later on in the show. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, so I'm like going through. I'm constantly on a Mad Men rewatch. Right. Um, Always watching it on a loop. <laughs> and right now I'm at season four, mm-hmm. but it's it's really interesting seeing the, there was like a significant, I think, time gap between seasons three and four, I think because of um, like, I think the writer's possibly strike? the writer's strike. Yeah. And so like seeing her in season three, like it's when like uh, Betty and Don like tell the kids that they're going to get divorced mm-hmm. and she's very very young yeah. in that scene but then season four like it's actually not that much later but mm-hmm. she seems she much seems older. older right i think that's sort of when she and that's when she starts like hanging out with glenn mm-hmm. um there's like that whole dynamic right. um so she like grows up a lot like just within like that little time frame that's kind of when we start thinking of sally like as we know her throughout the rest of the show right like kind of the ballsy like yes like i always i always make the joke that like i want like the Mad Men revival just to be like Sally Draper, like in her therapist's office. And like, I yep. think that's just like the show is like, it's yeah. just Sally Draper, like dealing with all of her shit. But yeah, no, she, she's definitely like the lead, like of mm-hmm. the movie. That's why I was surprised when he was billed first. Like that yeah. just kind of seems like sex is bullshit. Yeah. Um, Cause he, she would have been more like known to people at that point. Definitely. And I think it's also weird that like, she's like really kind of the star, but then like, the what really is the like climax of the movie when uh, Timmy like kills the dad yeah like, that really I feel like that should have been her yeah like I almost wish that like she had just come back to the father attacking him and then she like, and then she killed yeah. intervenes and killed like which I guess then that that would take away the arc of like Timmy going from like kind of meek mm-hmm. and passive because he obviously yeah. like that's what they're building him up to but yeah like it seems that that would have been better served for her yeah. to do. Did you think that he was good in this movie? I do. It's strange. And this is what's interesting to like kind of work backwards in his filmography is it's weird to watch what I consider to be like his best performances mm-hmm. and then kind of work backwards. And it's not that he's not bringing the same talent. It's just 
he broke big with Call Me By Your Name, and yeah. now I kind of have to, but I have to watch everything else knowing what he's mm-hmm. capable of. And yeah. I understand that is like a two plus hour movie where he is pretty much in every single yeah. scene. I don't want to say anything disappointed me because he's definitely good in the movie. I just, I come back to the fact that like he was, this was like his fourth movie. He was breaking into the industry. Mm-hmm. Like he was doing these things. And like this was at the time, I feel like even though I may not have like clocked him, I would have felt like, oh, like, yeah, he, like, that was, like, a good young actor, yeah. and he did a good job, and he had, like, a couple, he had, like, his, night like, again, I didn't think anything script-wise was, like, incredible, like, no. he has like, his little monologue about, like, the fireflies and all of, like, and it was all delivered very well, it just wasn't, the writing wasn't there, like, nothing right. he said was, like, interesting as a character. Yeah. I think he did well with what he was given. Yeah, and I remarked this while we were watching it, it's interesting that he's the only person who monologues out loud yes at other points ava and daniel both have inner monologue Mm -hmm. but he's the only one who's like like there are literally shots of him just talking to himself why is he the only one who gets to like is this this isn't based on like anything else right like any like short story or Mm -mm. book or anything okay yeah nope this is just what it is yeah reading it had its world premiere february 9th at the berlin international film festival mm. it was it was released august 14th 2015 and the limited release limited release through video on demand by ifc midnight okay so yeah oh shot in north carolina it definitely looked like north carolina this what a strange sentence after production on the film was complete it was announced that kiernan shipka timothy chalamet and elizabeth reeser and graham bowler had all been cast in the film this is not normally how those news cycles go. Definitely not. <laughs> we shot Definitely this movie. Not. These people have been cast in it. <laughs> we are retroactively putting them into the film. It was actually uh, people wearing some of those like uh, uh, CGI suits. And then they were superimposed uh, onto them later. Okay. That, makes, that, that would make sense. These are real facts. These are real facts. <laughs> Only truths on Chasing Chalamet. Uh-huh. Timothy is rather good and, like, when you dig into it, known for kind of playing second fiddle to Mm -hmm. strong female characters. And I really like that. We talked about how he's really there to serve Lady Bird's story and Lady Mm -hmm. Bird and Miss Stevens. He's really there to serve her story. And in those movies, he's given, like, a meaty part. I wouldn't say his part in this is meaty. He's just, he just does what he does with the, the role. Like, it's not, like, I couldn't tell you much about Zach other than he's passive- Mm-hmm. and abused like there's that nice little shot where he's like screaming in the woods and that's like a good scream i suppose but yeah. like actually i did i did actually like and and i'm mean, guess we're jumping into performance here because his role yeah. his role is the role and it totally makes sense that he was yeah. casting us at the time that he was um i did like when he was nailed to the wall it's a very mm-hmm. strange sentence to say he does this thing where he like shoots his arms down and he yeah. gets really like tense and i really liked how like I'm always really intrigued by the physicality of his performances. Yeah. Like, he's a really great physical actor. Yeah. Um, he does really great work. I'm weirdly obsessed with his hands. It's They have their own Instagram, and I follow it, and I'm not proud. <laughs> Who runs that? Just someone in the stand community? Someone in the stand. If you run it, show yourself. <laughs> show yourself. <laughs> um, yeah. He, like, I, I'm always really intrigued with the things he does physically, and that was, like, a really great reaction to, like, what happened to him. I really enjoyed that, mm-hmm. and I think it's 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 fun to see like how he was already kind of doing yeah. that kind of work in his early roles. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I remember thinking that was interesting too, like the way he kind of tenses up. That felt like a, a like a realistic thing mm-hmm. that you that a person might do. Yeah. <laughs> Were they 
nailed, nailed to, to a wall, wall by their shirt, kind of trying to make yourself a little bit more comfortable in that moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And again, like that, that just comes back to the fact that like, it doesn't really make sense that they would have just remained nailed to the wall all night. We've covered many ways in which yep. they could have got, and this, this isn't one of those things too, where like, I got the, one of the big, like film plot holes, or I don't even know if you would call this a plot hole, but like things that people critique in a film is everyone always talks about like how there was room for Jack and Rose on the big door at the end of Titanic. Mm-hmm. And I always say, like, it doesn't fucking matter. Jack had to die. Like, that's just ha- how it had to happen. Like, yep. like this is literally one where, like, I can't even think of a narrative reason why it was like, oh, well, they had to stay nailed up to the wall. Like, right. like unless they were, like, gluttons for punishment, which they clearly weren't. Like, they clearly <laughs> did not like what was going on. Yeah. So that doesn't make... Also, who's to say they couldn't have, like, looked behind them a little bit and then done their thing. Right. That oh my god, that's so true. Well, okay. I assume that's why the dad had them facing the wall was so, so that they couldn't see. Right. But I mean still, like you yeah, can turn you can you have peripheral vision. Yeah. And I was gonna say too, like so when they did that, their clothes came with them. It wasn't like a thing where like Correct. So yes. like I, I think guess that would have sh- that the force I feel like would have ripped. Yeah, it just would have ripped, clothes. which makes more sense because yeah. there's all these shots toward the end of the film where the nail is still on the wall with like his shirt material on it, but we very clearly saw Elizabeth Reese pull Reeser the nails out, pry them out with a hammer. Yeah. yeah. So again, just like I said, I'm not a plot hole person, but there just seem to be plot holes aplenty. Yeah. In this film. Anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, he he does a great job. I think his monologues are all delivered very well. Um, he sulks well. Yeah. He hunches over well. He's very well. good at hunching. He's so good at hunching. Like, he's played very confident characters, and he's played very unconfident characters. Mm-hmm. This is definitely one of his more unconfident characters. But there's always this, like, thing where he he just radiates, like, what that person is feeling. And, like, I know, like, duh, that's called acting. Right. But, like, I just... I think about, like, there's ways in which he acts in this way, like, where he's hunched over, where, like, the same, he'll do the same physicality for, like, Kyle and Ladybird, but Kyle is just, like, all big right. dick, pretentious energy, and this is just, like, very passive, meek, abused boy. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really think that he, he just, like, radiates that heat. Yeah. And you, you buy it. Mm-hmm. The performance is better than the movie, but I also yeah. feel like you could say that about each performance, except for maybe Grant Bowler. I didn't... I didn't vibe with what he was doing. No, I don't think he sells anything. He's not as scared well of him. Um, Timmy or Kiernan do. Yeah, you're not scared of the dad. You're not. You don't like feel empathy for him because like he's scared of something. Like yeah, yeah it's, I think I think in the case of like Elizabeth Reese or Kieran Shipka and Timothy Chalamet, they all like transcended what was mm-hmm. written, and then Grant Bowler very much didn't. Yeah, for my two cents. Yep, he stayed very comfortably yes in the script mm-hmm. he did not try no character work no. <laughs> yeah uh any other timmy performance thoughts no i don't think solid so. are yeah. we ready to grade i think so okay so you, you you've been made well aware yep of the I scale have them written in front of me great so I... perfect all right okay katie yes start us off the movie one and two <laughs> how would you rate it on a scale of one to five peaches okay i'm gonna be generous mm-hmm. and i'm going to give it two and a half. Two and a half. okay that is that is generous yep i feel like i was gonna say the same thing yeah i was gonna say i'm gonna give it a generous two yes um and i feel like we're kind of in agreement yeah on... it's it's i'm i'm it's an average of the sum of its parts yep. yes yeah in yeah. that because you're right like when you're i feel like when you rate a film you're kind of balancing yeah. everything out so yeah like there are good performances it looks mm-hmm. nice even if it's not like 
the most memorable visual movie. And it right. was clearly made by someone who understands what a movie should look like. Yes. Someone who definitely took care in that regard. Yes. Yeah. If only yep. the same attention to detail had been given mm-hmm. to like the plot or the script, yes. I would think this would be a much stronger movie. So yeah, yep. no, it's, I, I, I'm going to go with a two, just middle of the road. Yep. It's not aggressively bad, but it's not outstanding yep. either. Timmy's performance, mm-hmm. one to five peaches. I'm going to give him a four. A four. He did, he did what he could with what he had. That is true. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm going to go... And again, I feel like I'm going opposite. I'm gonna, I'm giving him a three. Oh, I feel. I know. I cannot believe I rated him higher than. I know. Did. Can you believe you came on my Timothy Chalamet podcast and enjoyed his performance more than I did? I I don't I don't believe it. But here we are. It's happening right well, in, right in front of are. our eyes and in people's uh, earbuds, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I again. I think I'm coming from a place where seeing what he can do with a well written role. In a movie where he has a very fleshed out character, those performances are sticking out to me. Right. If I'd seen this at the time and had just kind of had like a vague understanding, maybe if like, I feel like how this would have gone in 2015 mm-hmm. when this came out, I would have like seen the movie, been curious by him. Um, I probably wouldn't have been flat out attracted to him yet, but we'll get to that in the next page of skills. But I would have been like curious who he was and then been like, oh, I've seen him in these other movies. I've seen him on, I, I saw him on Homeland. I don't mm-hmm. remember that explicitly but like oh right like he's this guy like he's probably going to like yeah continue to work he's good but nothing was like oh i feel like i can think about like in miss stevens there's like the monologue scene and then like lady bird and call me by your name there's like a lot to pick up on like i feel like in his uh, you know this is awful to think about but like in his like in memoriam <laughs> reel i don't think we're gonna see any we're not gonna wh- see anything no. from one and two nothing from one and- can you imagine if they're like what's like Man, of course I'm not going to remember, but when we watched the Oscars this year, I feel like there have been there were like real clips where yeah. they're like, oh, they put they put that in there, right? Like I feel like I don't know, like of what's all like, the things, yeah. Like who who received like an honorary Oscar recently? Like I don't know, like Cecil B. DeMille, yes, like, honor- like the Cecil B. DeMille Lifetime, Lifetime Achievement, Achievement Award, yeah. yeah. Like I, okay, I think recently maybe, and I could be totally fucking this up. I feel like De Niro got one recently, or you know what? You know who did get one? Meryl. Meryl got one because she yeah. had the moment where she said, like, fuck Trump. Yeah. So, like, like in Mer- I think, no, I think that was, that was De Niro. De Niro said fuck Trump at the Tonys. Yep. Meryl said fuck Trump at the Golden Globes. Sure. Yep. A couple years ago. Yeah. Because okay. remember, she did that whole thing about, like, there was a performance this year that stuck with me more than any other performance, and it wasn't because it was good. You remember that? It was, oh, it's so good. Why oh. don't I remember oh, that? Oh, man, it's really, really good. Did great. I, like, black out? No. <laughs> That's true. That's people true. people do black. That's true. <laughs> they 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 black out and they take home those trophies. Just look so silly. They're so bulky. It's the the way in no, which no. I'm thinking Emmys are bulky. Emmys, Emmys are, are the, really the bulky. very pointy, way too big. Yeah, like when yeah. you see Julia Louis Dreyfus like holding one of those, you're like, oh my god. A Golden Globe is like the one. I think the one that would make the best like bludgeon weapon yes because it's like round at the top and, and you can vary like, it's like a marble block yeah. actually you might want to hold the, the globe and yeah. then bash somebody with exactly i can't yeah. believe we've descended into how we would murder people with awards idea clue but the weapons are the awards oh my god the person who gets a grammy is fucked yeah you can't kill anybody with you a would grammy. have to like chuck it at somebody yeah otherwise it's useless well, a grammy's got a better face than and a Tony just yeah. has that weird Tony, spinny thing. It has the weird thing. spinny thing. You can't do anything with no, Tony. No, because you, you can't no hold it and hit someone with the base. Yeah. Throat with a Tony. 
There's no way right. a Tony is sharp enough to slit someone's throat. I, a, an Emmy is. Emmys are oddly so dangerous. Emmys you can slice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you could do some damage. And then like with an Oscar, it's like it's it's just like a one large bludgeoning weapon. Yeah. It's like the it's like the lead pipe. You like, can maybe you... like shove it down someone's throat. Oh Jesus! Is this our movie? Clue, but it's very it award. with awards. <laughs> That's actually pretty you're, dope. You're in Whoopi Goldberg's and it's house. yeah, and it's only all of like the people who are participating are all people who have egot. You got it. <laughs> so like what? It's like Lin Manuel. No, he hasn't. He got hasn't. It. No, no. Uh, no, but the Lopez. The yeah, Robert Lopez and yeah. Lopez. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Mel um, Brooks. Oh. Oh no! Someone's gonna kill Mel Brooks. He's not gonna be have able to Tra- hurt have anyone. Have Trey Parker and Matt Stone egotted? No, they don't have Oscars. They were only nominated. No, they won song, I think. They didn't win for, song. For, like, Blame Canada, I think. Did they win? I don't. I okay. Maybe they're one away. I'm going to look up EGOT winners. Because the most recent one was, uh, didn't someone, oh, John Legend is an EGOT. John Legend EGOTed. Oh, yeah. No, he's going to, um, he's going to fare, he's going to fare well. Oh, he's not going to do great. Oh, he's my, our... if I'm in, I mean, obviously I'm no I think EGOT. Andrew Lloyd Webber is, should be the one who's been murdered. That's fine. Mm. Living Egots, Whoopi Goldberg, um, Rita Marino. Rita Marino oh. would be a fucking hoot in the Egot murder. Yeah, she movie. would. God, she'd be great. Um, Richard Rogers dead. Helen Hayes is dead. Andrew Lloyd Webber, we've established, is dead in our yeah. in our movie. Oh, oh, sorry. I'm looking at a ranking, and I was like, oh, there's a tie. I was like, how can you tie for Egots? Uh, Tim Rice, Elton oh. John's writing partner, uh, and then Marvin Hamlish, yeah. Mel Brooks. Uh, oh, Scott Rudin. Producer Scott Rudin. Oh. Hmm. Um, I don't know much. Producers. Yeah. John Legend. Yep. John Legend's probably like the lead. Like John yeah. Legend's probably like our, our yeah. lead character. Oh, Mike Nichols. He's dead. Oh. I do love Mike Nichols though. Mike Nichols is a great director. Mm. Yeah, this is interesting. Okay, yeah. So you I feel like all in all, like the the EGOTs are like Yeah. It's like when you it's like finding out what um celebrities are Scientologists. Yeah. You're like, oh, Rita Moreno, you got it? Yeah. Like, oh, like, Juliette Lewis is a Scientologist? Like, how did we get here? Oh, I was talking about the In Memoriam reel. Yep. In 50 years, if we're getting, like, because yeah. Timmy's getting his honorary what whatever. And yep. if, if there's a one and two clip, then... It's the one where he's peeing. <laughs> Just the shot of him peeing? Yeah. He's going to be so embarrassed by that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that note... <laughs> uh... His attractiveness, mm. one to five peaches. One and a half. Ooh, cutthroat. It, yeah. Yeah. It, okay, so let me, let me dress the table here. Are you kind of doing what I was talking about with performance where like you've seen yes. kind of peak what he can look like? Yes. Okay. He was the lankiest I've ever seen him. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's one point where he's wearing like a, like a tank top kind of thing and he's hunched and like you could slip like three pencils between the strap and like his shoulder because like, like that <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying like he's like yeah like when he's hunched like his clothes like yeah. don't he everything looks oversized on yeah. him and it's probably a normal size piece yeah. of clothing i don't like that he didn't stand up for his sister more mm. i don't i don't like how why i don't like that it took him so long to fight back okay a lot of these are like these are character things. Yeah, like, which I think that yeah, we, we, we discussed no, earlier yeah, we did, yeah. and, and it ties into that. Yeah. I think, yeah, like so like that character as a whole, both in terms of appearance mm-hmm. and just their yeah. whole deal. Yeah, no, I, I think this is one of those situations where, so I'll, again, I'll go back to Lady Bird as an mm-hmm. example. He, that's a shitty, he's a shitty person. Like yeah. his character is a shitty person, but I find him attractive because of how he, and like the, his, yeah. his look transcends and the swag, we mm-hmm. aforementioned swag transcends 
the shittiness. This is this is a film where like his character isn't interesting enough to like increase his attractiveness mm-hmm. of just being like right. Uh, he, I think he was like nineteen or eighteen when they shot yeah. this. Like he just he just looks like a normal eighteen year old boy who's going from teenagehood to manhood. Yep. Slowly but surely, and yeah, he just there's nothing like mm-hmm. I'll 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 give him a two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, because unfortunately for me, the lankiness like works. Yeah. Um, definitely more your thing than mine. <laughs> yeah, we've been joking a lot lately how my type is malnourished. I think there was a couple scenes where like toward the end he looked a little like dusty like i think he looked like he looked like he'd gone through like a coal mine like he was all like dirtied up i don't really mm. remember why i think it was after he like did he did he bury his father yes i think maybe he like buried his father and he was like there was like you know the camera yep. was like, sweeping around him and his hair was like pushed like, he had like a brief mm-hmm. moment of like sexiness and i was like ah, oh, yep. there there is my boy there he is <laughs> there's the timmy we know and there's the timmy we know and love but yeah he uh no he's yeah you're right he's there's nothing about there's nothing attractive about his character mm-hmm. and then again you just kind of like you know what's coming later. Like, you know that this man is going to wear suits like nobody's business. A and there's harness. A harness. That fucking harness. <laughs> the, this past Golden Globes, I had everyone mm-hmm. over to my to my condo to watch the Golden Globes. And I believe, I think you arrived earlier before other people. Mm-hmm. And people were coming over. Yeah. So I believe at one point, somebody was here. And I sent you downstairs to let them in. Because yes. I was worried about missing him on the red carpet that sounds familiar and so yes. i was trying to remember if you were in the room when i saw the harness for the first time i don't think i was okay. i feel like that's a big moment yeah that i would have remembered you would have remembered okay but you you were there when i you you were in the you were in my vicinity mm-hmm. the night i saw the harness yes. so you remember what what a moment that was for all yeah. of us yep yep what a moment oh god this is just not a great attractiveness hair movie his hair one to five peaches Two and a two half. And a, ooh, okay. All right. Wow. God, I feel like we are, we're all over the place. Cause I'm, I was going to go like one and a half. Really? Yeah. It's just, it's not remarkable hair. It's not? No. Again, like we know what the hair can do. Yeah. Like we, I know how bad it could have been. That's true. It's not interstellar bad. I would his, say. It's not his high school haircut. It's not. It is, it is transitional. Yeah. He is like I, I, the high school haircut is growing out. I feel mm-hmm. um, it actually almost looks a little bit similar to the bowl cut that he did for the king. That um, I think that we saw the bowl cut for the first time at the Toronto International Film Festival. They were premiering Beautiful Boy. I think he had just finished shooting the king over the summer, mm-hmm. and he had a bowl cut, and it caused waves in the stand community. You know, it was fine. Like I didn't, I didn't mind it. Like it didn't bother me. This was like similar to bowl cut. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's not like. It's not like the short, like yeah. spiky, spiky hair yeah. that he did, like Interstellar red carpet. But yeah, it's so so two and a half. Yeah, I, so know? I just think like I like the dark brown curls. Okay. Like I will like dark brown curls in just about any style, mm-hmm. and so sure. it already gets points for me just for sure. being that. Okay, sure, <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Though it almost I don't was his hair curly. It was definitely wavy. It was wavy. Okay, yeah. Cause I'm I'm thinking like when he when it's long he has mm-hmm. like the ringlets so right. yeah so it's a yeah. it's a short little yeah I was, I was gonna say a bob it's not a bob no it's definitely not a bob what is a bob on a man is that kind Javier I... Bardem <laughs> physically Javier Bardem mm-hmm. <laughs> God I just had a vision because so I, I tweeted this out Katie decided to send me a cursed image this morning of that's Jack Nicholson, right? Like the hair on his head. 
It looks like Jack Nicholson's, like, shining hair. So I can see where you'd say that. I <laughs> don't know if it's... I just thought, I was like, that's the top of Jack yeah, Nicholson's head. Yeah, I mean, mm, I don't know if it's any one in particular. I just love the little tuft in the middle randomly. <laughs> so for for those of you who may not have seen it, it's a photo of Timothy on the red carpet for the Oscars when he was nominated for Call Me By Your Name. But instead of having his gorgeous head of hair, it's like a balding man with like a middle tuft of hair. But you can see the 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 classic Timmy curls in the in back. In the back. It's it's is that a mullet? I don't know what to call it anymore yeah. when it's basically all bald in the it's front. It's bad. It's a cursed image. And so Oh, it's for sure cursed. It's very cursed. <laughs> well, that was certainly <laughs> and I'm going to use air quotes a, a movie. movie or that was certainly a movie? Question mark. Yeah, big question mark. Big question marks. Um, but yeah, that was our fifth episode of Chasing Chalamet. Katie, thank you for watching this movie with me and oh, for always you. supporting my Timmy Salmonship. You're so great of at course. that. Um, where can people find you on the internet if they so desire? Sure. Um, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, uh, my handle is Cacio e Pepe, like <laughs> Cacio e Pepe, the the Italian pasta dish, spelled K A T I O E P E P E. Love it. Do it you want... makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. Good luck finding me. <laughs> uh, do you want people to find you on Instagram? Uh, sure. Uh, that one's a little bit easier. It's just at my name, uh, Katie Dively. Dively is spelled Dive, L E Y. It is. Uh, you can find. Me on Twitter and Instagram at the Dane McDonald. The show is on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, it is Chalamet Chasing. And on Instagram, it is Chasing Chalamet. Uh, you can email us at chasingchalamet at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you so desire, please consider giving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, share this podcast with your friends, your families, whoever. The Timmy stand in your life. Spread the love. We all have one. We all have one. We all do. It's like being the gay cousin. It probably is your gay cousin. I recently found out my boyfriend's mom likes Timothy Chalamet. She like made a point to say it. I love that. I love love that for Ben's mom. I can't wait to meet her. And we're (laughs) going to talk about this. How how did that conversation go? Um, We were talking about recent movies. Mm -hmm. And it somehow came up, like Call Me By Your Name came up. And she was like, I like that Timothy Chalamet. I don't get Army Hammer. Oh right, I do remember this uh-huh. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, um, if you would like to share that, if you'd like to share chasing Chalamet with your boyfriend's mom, please do. I would love that. Maybe I will. Maybe you will. <laughs> Probably won't. Honestly, <laughs> that's she's <fine>. very busy. <laughs> she's very. Busy. Um. So obviously, it's a little disappointing that we are five episodes in and Timothy hasn't um slid into the DMs, but it's fine. I'm gonna be hopeful. I'm choosing to be optimistic. Katie, you know me. I'm not an optimist. I'm a realist. The glass Mm -hmm. is not half empty or half full. There's just some water in it. There's some water there. And I am going to choose to be hopeful. I'm going to choose to think that he he is walking towards his first listen of Chasing Chalamet. And from there, sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. The the big, beautiful sky uh, that Andrew Droz Palermo loves to shoot so much. Well, Katie, thanks. Thank you. Chasing Chalamet is written, hosted, and produced by me, Dane McDonald. The show is produced and edited by Will Bybee. Our theme music is by Jacob Horn. You can hear more from him and his band, the Jacob Horn Trio, on Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp. 
And our cover art was designed by Jessica Deal. You can find more of her work at jessicadeal.com. Deal is spelled D-E-A-H-L. And until next time, later. Later.